This past Tuesday, 35 years ago, March 15th, 1987, Nairobi Lighthouse Church was planted with nine adults and 13 children. This past week, we celebrated 35 years as a church. Can you give Jesus praise? Can you give him glory? It's been the greatest honor for Miss Amy and I in our lifetime to love you, be your pastors, to see you, to serve the house of God, to give yourself to the house of God. Thank you. And let me tell you, All the way back then, one of our very, very first members, other than our children, our children are our founding members, is this lady right here standing beside us as Ms. McKenna. And this lady right here, Miss Amy, trained this lady, Miss McKenna, to be what we believe the greatest children's pastor in Africa right here. Wow. We are so blessed. We are so honored. And today, Miss McKenna, along with her incredible team, Miss Catherine, and Simon, where's Simon? They lead our kids' house ministry. Over 500 children every Sunday. Come on, somebody! The average is 510 children are there, along with 36. Facilitators, this is an entire church on its own. I mean, this is this is an incredible, incredible team, and we're so honored. We have an amazing kids' house, and it's awesome. So many of our so many of our people, even even up here, have been brought up right through kids' house. And here they are declaring the praises of God. Would you welcome Miss McKenna today? Would you come and preach the word of God to us today? Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. All glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's let's uh, share the word together and then we'll get uh, the scriptures together. Then we'll get right into the word. Amen. Um, the scriptures. All right. Um. The scriptures are from Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 to 31. Let's read together. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. 
You are worth more than many sparrows. Amen. This is so short, I think we should read it again. Shall we? All right. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you today that we can stand to read your word and sit around your word. Lord, which is as a fire. Your word is as a fire among us. Your word is a fire in our bones. Your word is a fire in us, O oh Lord. And Father, we are asking today that your word will refresh the weary. Lord, that your word will build up the struggling. Lord, that your word will lift up the downhearted and re-energize the lethargic. Lord, we pray that your word will revive the dying, that your word will locate each person wherever they are and minister to them by the Holy Spirit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Creative Arts. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor and Miss Amy, for the honor of introducing me in such a special way. Yes, we, we go way back. We go way back and we are still together. I tell you, that says something. Come on, that says, uh, says something. Everyone here who's been around a long time, can I hear a big shout? <laughs> yeah, the Bible says, and this is not my message, obviously, that when, when the man found something of great treasure, what did he do? He sold everything and then he did what? He bought that one thing that he found. He bought that, that field that is of great treasure. And I feel like that's what we've done. Is just let go of everything so that we can have that great treasure that we have found here with Pastor and Miss Amy, with Nairobi Lighthouse Church, with what the Lord is doing here. We appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So he started me on the crying. I don't think I'm going to stop <laughs> in this service, but we really appreciate. Thank you, Rose, for being an awesome, awesome older sister. Can you appreciate my sister? <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether Pastor mentioned that Rose is my sister when he introduced her. <laughs> I think he just said I was his um, first secretary. But I think it's obvious from the resemblance that Rose is my sister. Amen. And of course, thank you, Victor. It's so, so awesome to be together in life and serve the Lord together and partner with one another in all we do in ministry and, and in all of life. Thank you. Amen. Um, the scriptures today are so, so beautiful because they, they encourage us. The scriptures strengthen us and minister to us in a very, very special way. These are scriptures where... Uh, the Lord Jesus, speaking to his disciples and speaking to the crowds that he was ministering to, sought to assure them that God is in control. Sought to assure them that they need not fear. 
sought to assure them that they can go forward and, and walk in obedience to what he was calling them to do because God is in control and that they are worth more. Are not two sparrows sold for a, a penny, as a little coin? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Wow. Have you ever tried numbering the hairs on your head? Sometimes as you get older, it looks easier. <laughs> I'm not going to look in any direction at this point. <laughs> it gets easier. And for some, it's a lot harder than others. But you know what the Lord is saying is that he's in the details. You know, the details are a lot harder to do than the big things. Eh? The big things are easy to do. It's easy to do things in big sweeping motions. But the details are the hard work. And God is saying, I am in the details. And being in the details, you have nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about because he's in control. Amen? So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, I didn't try to define the word afraid because you all know what being afraid is. Uh, but I want to, to share with you some words that, that kind of go along with the word afraid. And these are words like withdrawing. When we are afraid, we withdraw. Don't withdraw. We are hesitant. We are timid. We are downhearted. We are lacking in courage and confidence. We are reluctant. We are unwilling. We are disinclined. We are not inclined to do much when we are afraid. We are loath to do. We are nervous. Hey, do you identify with what I'm talking about? Because sometimes you can say, I'm not afraid. Hey, but are you reluctant? Sometimes that's how you need to find your fear. Are you disinclined? Are you hesitant? Are you nervous and loath to do and unwilling? These words go along with fear. Don't be afraid. He's got you. He cares for the sparrows. The hairs on your head are counted. You are worth more. You are worth more. Today we are sharing the message, discover your worth. Discover your worth. This message is actually upscaled from Kids House. <laughs> Uh, you know, on Wednesday, I was meeting with, with Catherine and, and Mr. Simon, our awesome Kids House um, staff and pastors. I so appreciate those guys. And I was meeting with them and, and Miss Jane. Miss uh, Jane is, is uh, pastor's current secretary. Came up to me and said, please check a message from pastor. And of course, I knew what the message from pastor meant. I didn't have to read and so, you know, my mind goes blank. I think, okay, my life is about to be thrown into serious order because I have to share the word on <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> and for the life of me, I don't know. You know, sometimes you just have something out of your overflow. And my overflow right now is that we have a kid's house training on this coming Saturday. And that's where my mind is, kid's house training for the facilitators. And so... Um, in that moment, you know, I shared with, with Catherine and, and Simon, and then later on after our meeting, they said, let's pray for you. And as we were praying, in my head, I'm thinking, what, 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 what am I going to share? Lord, please speak now, 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 now. Anyway, but somewhere in the prayer and in the quietness of my heart, I just had those words, discover your worth. 
And I told these guys, you know what? I need to share the message, discover your worth that we are sharing right now in Kids House with these guys. Upscale it to your level, but it's the same truth. Amen? What does the word worth mean? The word worth means the level at which something or someone deserves to be valued or rated. That's what the word worth means. The second meaning is excellence of character or quality as commanding esteem. Esteem, okay? And the third meaning is usefulness or importance for a purpose, yeah? The level at which something or someone deserves to be valued, note the word value, Orated, excellence of character or quality as commanding esteem, not the word esteem, and usefulness or importance for a purpose, not the word usefulness. Three things are key to discovering your worth. And the first thing that is key to discovering your worth is this discover your value. Discover your value. Value is often estimated by considering three things. There may be other ways value is estimated. I am not an economist, so don't take this one to the bank in that way. But in the spirit, take this one to the bank. The value is estimated by the nature of something. What is that thing by nature? That thing by nature may have value, you know, like, for example, gold in nature has more value than Cocotto stones, am I right? By nature. The next way we estimate value is the meaning of something. If something means something to us, then it's of great value. For example, a building that has historical meaning for us has great value, right? So meaning can also supply value to something. And the last way is the cost of something. And that's the one we are most familiar with here. Yeah? Because if it costs really high, then we consider it to be of great value. That is what that thing is by nature, what it means to you or to someone or what it costs. That's what the meaning is. A nice engagement or wedding ring represents that well. I think there's a picture there of one of the most famous engagement rings uh, that uh, has been around. In fact, a lot of engagement rings have been um, uh, styled, <laughs> uh, replicated to replicate this one because it's quite, quite a famous one. A blue sapphire um, engagement ring with diamonds set in white gold or platinum. Beautiful, beautiful ring. I should have brought mine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but this particular ring uh, that I'm thinking about is, is a, a royal engagement ring of great cost. And it's, it's valuable by nature because gems are valuable by nature. Gold and platinum are valuable by nature. So that value, it has that value by nature. An engagement ring has value in its meaning. You know, the ring that Victor gave to me when we got engaged is meaningful to me. Even if the stone, the, I know the stone is valuable, but I'm saying whatever stone you're given when you're engaged, even if that stone is a bit of sand, you value it because of what? Of its meaning. You understand? So, but that ring has both that value, the, the natural value and meaning value. And of course, it's a very high cost, a very costly ring. That, that royal ring we are talking about, I think is in, in the, to the tune of $300,000 worth, something like that. 
you know, that's a chunk of cash. Yeah, that's a lot of money to put in a ring. So what is the good news here? Here's the good news. You are valuable to God in all three ways. You, come on, I want you to point at yourself so you know who we are talking to. I want you to say me. You are valuable to God in all three ways. You are valuable to God in nature. You are valuable to God because of what you mean to him. And you are valuable because of the cost he paid for you. But let me put it this way. Let me not even put it, you are valuable to God. Let me say you are valuable in this way. Because it's not just to God you are valuable in that way. You are valuable to us and to each other in that same way. By nature, because you're a human being made in the likeness of God. The Bible says that he made us in his own likeness. We are valuable by nature. We are valuable because of who we are to him. We are his sons and his daughters. Amen? And we are valuable because of who we are to one another. What you mean to me and what I mean to you. Amen? When Pastor and Misemi were here introducing me, they are valuable to me because of who they are to me and because of what they mean to me. And it's reciprocal. It's the same for one another here in this church. And of course, we are valuable. You are valuable because of the high price that Christ has paid for you. This is your basic statement of worth. As in, if you are worth nothing else, that's it. That's your basic statement of worth. That precious ring that we saw over there represents your irreducible minimum as far as your worth is concerned. You are valuable. Amen? You are valuable. You are worth more, as the scripture has said. You are worth more than anything we can, we can say. So, but how do we continue to grow in worth? How do we increase in our worth? Because we know we all have a basic worth right here in this room, but how do we grow and how do we increase in our worth? The second way or the second key to discovering your worth is to discover your usefulness. That's one of the meanings of the word worth, your usefulness. What does the word useful mean? Useful means to be of service, to serve a purpose to have advantageous abilities and skills, to be of practical use. Wow. To be of service, to serve a purpose, to have advantageous abilities and skills, and to be of practical use. Your worth is in your usefulness. The minute something loses usefulness, you lose worth and can be thrown or given away. When that thing loses its usefulness, you don't need it anymore. You throw it away, you give it away, you put it in a store and forget it because it's of no use to you unless you can find a way to repurpose it. And usually in repurposing, you don't even purpose it to a higher purpose. Usually it's to a lower purpose. Unless you find a way of repurposing, then that thing is, is completely useless. How many things do you have in your house that are no longer useful? You are planning to give them away. How many want to confess here? Or trash them someday. One day you're going to find the time to declutter and throw out that old computer. Where is that computer? <laughs> Victor, this is especially for you. 
or throw away that old TV. Hmm? Where is that TV in your house? Remember that TV you used to heat at the top? You know, these days, if you heat your TV, it breaks. <laughs> Back in the day, you heat it and, yeah, it comes on. <laughs> you know, it's funny that Pastor called uh, Rose here today because I was going to tell this story. I remember back in the day, Rose, Rose was pastor secretary and there was no office. Um, so Rose would be working from home and pastor would come by and they'd discuss the work. And I remember the day that Pastor Don brought to Rose a new typewriter that had, it was electric. I mean, there were already electric typewriters. But this one had a memory of 3,000 words. It had 3,000, it could remember 3,000 words. Wow, while we singing and dancing, there was revival in the house. We were like cutting edge technology. Where now pastor's mailing list could just go like this. Because the typewriter could remember 3,000 words. You know, my question is, where is that typewriter now? Nobody knows, I'm sure. <laughs> it lost its worth. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 to 22 says, A large house contains not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some indeed are for honorable use, but others are for common use. So if anyone cleanses himself of what is unfit, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, together with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Man, I could preach on that for a while. But this is what I'm going to say from those scriptures, that your usefulness is connected to your purpose. It's connected to your purpose. There's a vessel Vessels in your house, they all have a purpose. You go buy them. You buy that sufuria to do this. And this pan is for that thing. And that sofa is for your back. And this, you know, everything that you have in your house or that you have in your possession, you buy for a purpose. So your usefulness is connected to your purpose. What is your purpose? Find what that is and be useful in that way. Your usefulness is connected to your potential. When you start to get used, you start to discover your potential. In fact, it says right here that, that we are to be prepared for every good work. The preparation that goes into, into um, preparing us for our purpose, is it, it prepares us for our potential. Because our potential is every good work. Amen? And your usefulness is connected to your purity. Your usefulness is connected to your purity. It says there that we are to be useful to the master, prepared for every good work, flee from your youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, together with those who call upon the Lord in a pure heart. Purpose is what you are made for. Make yourself useful in light of your purpose. Start where you are with what you can do. That's how you discover potential. Think about King David. His potential was realized as he made himself useful from a young boy, serving his family as a shepherd, useful. 
fought off a bear. While he was that, he made himself useful, fighting bears and lions, taking food to his brothers in the battleground. And while he was there, he decided to be useful and fight off a giant that was intimidating everybody, writing music and songs, playing music for the king on his harp, uh, and then later on as a soldier in the army and also as king of his Israel. You know, David didn't wait there and say, you know what, my calling and my purpose is to be the king. David found what he could do at his age, at his stage, with what he had. And in doing that, he discovered his potential and rose to become the king. Amen? You know, one thing I really believe is that the reason God made David king is because David was a worshiper. Because back in the day, not everybody's words were written down. It's not like now, you want to blog, you can blog. You want to post, you can post. Back in the day, only very special people who had something to say, what their words were recorded. So I really believe God put David as king so that his words could be written down for us today. It's not in the Bible, but we shall discover it's true. <laughs> That's my thinking, amen? Choose to be of some use now at your age, at this stage with what you have. Don't wait. Take the opportunity that is available now and grow. This is how you grow in your worth, your usefulness. Don't just do one thing. Grow in the way you, you serve. You know, don't, don't do one thing here and never really do anything else except that. Uh, you know, just uh, my children are now learning how to write. Okay. One of them already knows, but one is learning how to write. And it's really cute because she'll say things like, let me write for you your shopping list, my mom, you know. And so when we go to the shop, she's reading out this shopping list for me and telling me things like, mom, you're buying things you don't need because they are not on her list. <laughs> but the point I'm making is this. She needs to grow to the point where now she's not writing a shopping list. One day she's going and doing the shopping for me and then coming back and planning the meal and cooking it. She needs to grow to the point where she's not just writing the shopping list, she's also going and paying for the shopping list. You understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> this is the potential. This is what we have in mind. But we can't be here serving in the same old way and never really progressing, never really growing, never really making any waves or any moves, you know? Let's do better. Let's do more. Let's have a better attitude. You know, waiting to become something before you can be useful doesn't help with potential because potential starts in the small. Potential is seed-like. It's about seeing what you can become and starting where you are and then growing. So where can you serve? There are so many teams and so many opportunities. Can get into one of them. Lead a cell. Prepare yourself for usefulness by getting discipled, trained in pep and insight. Did you hear me? These things are coming up again. So get involved in them. You're of great worth to this church family. Can I say that again? You are of great worth to this church family. There is so much you can contribute, gain some ability, some skill, grow, take over, become indispensable. Become indispensable. It's just so hard to get rid of you. So hard to get rid of you because you make such a contribution in this house. Come on, you're of great worth. Amen. What you do now 
helps you to see how you can become more and more responsible. I want to say this. Remember in the kingdom, your usefulness is connected to your purity. The world doesn't care what you do in the weekend, provided you deliver during the week. You can be really useful in the world, and they don't care what you do, provided you deliver. They don't care what you post. They don't care how you behave in private. But in church, we care. We care. And God cares. Amen? Your usefulness is connected to your purity. And remember this, usefulness is a choice. The first point, discover your value is not a choice. That is already who you are. But usefulness is a choice. It's up to you to decide to put that worth on yourself. Imagine that. It's up to you to add that worth to yourself by choosing to be useful. The third way to discover your worth is to discover where your esteem comes from where your esteem comes from. That's one of the other definitions of worth. Esteem is about how you see yourself and how others see you. Esteem is about how you are admired, respected, and highly regarded by others. It's also how you rate yourself. So esteem is an emotional thing. It's not something we are actively contributing. It's more mental. It's more emotional. It's more how, you know, we... we, we uh, we uplift you in the way we esteem you. We often talk about high and low esteem. So esteem is something we give to ourselves and it's something others give to us. Isaiah 43 verse 4 says, Since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you and nations in exchange for your life. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 4 that he crowns us with love and compassion compassion. God esteems us highly. Your esteem comes from choices that build your character and your esteem comes from what God says about you. And those two things are so, so different because one is the choice you make and the other one is a choice you make to embrace of what God says about you. For many, especially in this day and age, esteem comes from things like what? Appearance, the way I look, you know, am I slaying today? That's where my esteem comes from. Your clothes, your makeup, possessions, the car you drive, your phone, the plotty you have. Because I know if I say plotty, you won't get me. You know, kaplotty. I'm sure you've heard, mwanaumeni plotty. Loosely translated that you're not a man unless you own a plot in Nairobi. Really? You are worth more. Tell somebody that. You are worth more than your career, popularity, accomplishments and accolades, your pedigree. That's not where your esteem comes from. Nothing wrong with those things. In, but, you know, true respect, true esteem, admiration and honor for yourself and for others comes from the right choices that you make consistently. I can't tell you enough. When you begin to make the right consistent choices to build excellence of character, you will find that you respect yourself more, that you esteem yourself more. As in forget what others think about you, you will find that you have self-esteem. All right? Self-confidence. It's not about who you are or what you are rather. It's about what you are becoming or who you are becoming. Remember what Pastor shared a while ago. 
Become the face of revival in your family and community as you demonstrate Christ-likeness in your daily life. You know what? I think I've said enough for you to hear and understand where our esteem comes from. It comes from the choice you make to grow excellence of character. And it comes from the choice you make to embrace what the Lord says about you. And as... uh, The creative arts are coming for us to finish this. I want to read a few scriptures that share what God says about you. God says you are God's chosen people. You are holy and dearly loved. So put on tender mercy and kindness. It says no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has, prepared, God has prepared for those who love him. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. It says that creation waits in eager expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. Come on, I want you to open your hearts and begin to embrace what God says about you because this is where your worth comes from. The Bible says that he calls you his friend. The Bible says that he, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the waterside. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O God. How great are the sum of them. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, neither the present or the future, any powers, neither height or depth, anything in creation will separate you from the love of Christ. Please stand. And I want to ask you to lift up your hands and receive esteem from the Lord. Receive worth from the Lord. You may be here and you're like, I've suffered. I've suffered some sense of low self-esteem. I've I've suffered a sense of inadequacy and, and a lack of confidence to step out and do what God wants me to do. And I felt like holding back and withdrawing and I'm not inclined to do anything. But today I pray by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name that we would be renewed in our worth, that our fire will be, that a fire will be ignited deep inside that says, I am worth something. I am worth, I am of worth to God. I am of worth to the church. I am of worth to the family around me. I am of worth to my community and my nation. I am of great worth. There is so much I can contribute. There is what I can do, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, church of God, rise up and take your place and decide that you're going forward to transform your home, your life, your land, because you're of great worth, because you're of great value. Let the precious ones of the Lord stand out from the rest, because we are of great worth, 
Let our words shine like the gemstones. Let our words shine like silver and gold and platinum. Lord, we pray that we will shine in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.